Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. The huge takeaway of this episode, prepare the same way. All of our regular advice stands. We're not reinventing the wheel. There is nothing new about this. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. This week's episode is such a requested episode, but before we get into that, Em, who are we giving a big fat shout out to this week? To Gates. She says, hi, Emma and Sarah. I've been listening to you lovely ladies for two weeks and combined with your techniques, I've also been working with lots of manifestation tricks and had to tell you, (laughs) I love this. I am the queen of manifesting everything in my life that I have. I've manifested. So love this. I had to tell you, about a week ago, one of my former bosses or mentors texted me and said he had a position available that would be a huge vertical impact on me. I decided to go with my gut and interview, even though I was happy in my current job. Yes. That's the definition of shooting your shot. Yes. We always (laughs) accept opportunities that come to us, even if we're not necessarily looking for them. At that point, I'd been listening to your podcast for one week and this opportunity came to me out of thin air. A few days before I had the interview, I was averaging about four to five podcast episodes a day. What a legend. (gasps) Then the time came, I killed the interview with the butt-clenching tip. I accepted the water and had all my (laughs) stories prepped. She is an OG listener. If she had said the notebook, that would have been the trifecta. (laughs) Yeah, trifecta. She said two days later today, the director reached out to me and offered exactly what I was asking, just quietly, a $25,000 increase in salary. She says, I'm just so baffled and I couldn't believe this happened. Thank you so much. You have a life listener. Oh, that's amazing. I just love the accepting the water, doing the butt clenching. These are things I think that in that moment you're thinking, like, not only are you using it to help you, but you also, it's like we're with you in that moment being like, oh, good choice. <laughs> and my favourite people ever are the ones that say we have a lifetime listener because we understand that we're a needs by needs basis. You come to us, you get what you need out of us and you graduate and you never listen again. And we're okay with that because you don't need us anymore. But it brings me great joy knowing that we're funny enough or I'm funny enough. <laughs> 
that <laughs> hey I laugh at your jokes if you were just around by yourself it wouldn't be funny but I make them <laughs> I'd laugh at my own jokes anyway we love it getting into today's episode this is the most highly requested episode in our DMs we actually only realized we were like wait we don't actually have an episode on that we better do it so we don't have to keep replying to the same message over and over. And that is what is different about a second round interview? How do I prepare for a second round interview? What is it? What are they going to ask? What's the whole thing about? It really gets people panicked. A lot of this comes from like this confusion, I think, of not understanding why a second interview even exists or what it's really for. And so I think it can be really helpful for us to go into a bit of background of what a second interview is all about, what's going through their mind. And And then also some tips for you to consider when you're prepping for your second interview. So, Em, what do you think? Why is there a second round in a hiring process? It's pretty common for most jobs these days. Well, I feel like it's just like a two-course meal. You've had dinner, but you need some dessert. You've had an entree, you need your main now. So who would you be meeting with, do you think? If you had to hire someone and you had to do two rounds, what would you do? Just meet with them again? Say for my job, it would be me. I'd interview them and then they'd probably interview with my manager or someone higher up than me. Yeah, exactly. And so if you were their boss, they're going to report to you, but your manager also needs to know who they are to make sure you're not making a horrible decision, right? And normally that's kind of what's happening. I like to think about it like this. If you think about interviews like first dates, you can pretty easily fluff a first interview. You can go through it and think, oh, that person was great just because, you know, you're vibing or they answered one or two questions pretty well. And then you get to the second one and you're just testing to see and it, oh God, you know, we really missed something there. And I think it's kind of the same if you go on a first date and you think, oh, there's all this chemistry. You meet them again and you're like, oh, I was wrong. (laughs) It's just that confirmation. Was I right? Was I wrong? Because you know, half an hour that you've spent with someone and then you're going to hire them into a job permanently. It's a big decision just based on that half an hour little snapshot that you've got. So they just need more information. Yeah. And often there's, like we said, more people who need to be aligned in the hiring decision. So maybe the CEO has a policy where he needs to be in the interview of every single person. That's his he's into that. Because it's their business and they don't want to have someone walking in who they go, oh God, there was all these red flags. Typically, when there's a round with the direct manager and the second rounds with a more senior person, some people kind of think, oh, well, this second person's the real decision maker. What do you think? No, I don't think so. Often they're just the rubber stamper, the person who gives it the go ahead. They're going to raise any red flags or block it if they've got any issues. But ultimately, if you've got a preferred candidate, they're just saying, I'm happy with either. You can hire whichever one you want. Or you know, I've got issues with this person's whatever, therefore I'm going to block it. So often the key decision maker is actually the direct manager. The more people you're meeting, they just have to be on board. They have to be agreed with your decision. And instead of, I guess, putting them all in one room and doing a big panel interview, they do two rounds. It can also help if someone's really senior and they have to be involved. You don't want to send them six different interviews. You just want to send them the one person you're about to hire or maybe two. Which I think... I would much prefer two interviews one-on-one than a big panel interview. So let's not freak out about it. Yeah. A lot of the time that's exactly what it is. Imagine trying to organize and schedule in with the candidate and then also like four different people's calendars. It's a nightmare. So doing two rounds can often be practical for that reason as well. There might also be two or more finalists and they need to narrow it down. There's three people they love 
but we're not quite sure. So we'll bring them in again. I need a refresher and we'll dig a bit deeper. It's as simple as that. You're getting down to a short list. Yeah. If you're going in for a second round, you have progressed. There is no way that they're moving every single person through to a second round. Some people won't make it through. So it's a step in the process. Yeah. Because a lot of people in our DMs asking about second interviews are freaking out and, you know, really stressed. This would be great for them to know, hang on, take a breath. This is a good thing. Not everyone has got to this stage. And ideally you would have been told up front, hey, there's two rounds. Like that's just the plan. Sometimes companies can kind of spring it on you and it's a surprise and you didn't know that it was happening or whatever. You thought you were just going to get a job offer and then they ask you to come in again and you can think, oh God, what have I done? Maybe they need to ask more information. That's generally not the case. If they were unsure, you just wouldn't come back. Is there a distinction between them sort of saying, yep, it's a second interview, come in, whatever, and them saying, oh, you know, I'd just like you to come and have a chat with the manager or whatever, some kind of meeting or whatever. Is that still an interview, but they're just saying it in a less... It's still an interview. Don't be put off by that. It's an interview. If it's like, oh, you're going to have a coffee chat. Cool. It might be more informal, but it's still an interview. So don't take it as, oh, I've got the job. They just want me to meet someone before I sign my papers. It's still an interview. If there's no contract, there's still an opportunity for it to be lost. There was one process I went through and there were like four rounds of interviews. This was like for a relatively junior job. And I was like, four rounds? And I think I got to the third and they said, oh, the next one is you have to meet the whole team. And I thought, okay, meeting the whole team isn't really something you do for lots of people, right? So I must be like about to get the job. And again, they're just checking for red flags. So I just asked, is there any more candidates that I'm up against? Is it just me? Just trying to understand kind of where I sit in the process. And they said, oh, there's still two other candidates who are also meeting the whole team of people that you're going to be looking after. What a bore for the rest (laughs) of the office. If I I was working and people tried to bring through three potential candidates to meet me, I'd be like, I'm busy. (laughs) And so I ended up politely excusing myself from the process and just said, look, it's not for me. Like I'm not going to do this whole other thing that I have to prepare for and go through when there's still two other people that I'm up against. So finding that out can be really helpful. You could be the only candidate, but if something goes wrong in that thing, it's still an interview. And on that note of how you just said you inquired about more details, give us a template of what someone could say if maybe they're unsure too and they want to suss it. How do you say that? Over the phone is always best for this kind of stuff if you're in a phone conversation. Cool. Thank you. I'm really excited to come in and meet whoever it is. Can I just find out where are we at in the process? Is this the final stage? Are there any other candidates that I'm up against? I'm just wanting to understand kind of where I sit and see what they say. And you'll hopefully be able to get some kind of information about, yeah, this is the final stage and we'll be ready to have an offer. This is a bit of a formality. They might give you a hint on kind of where it's at or, yeah, look, we're still looking at other candidates. We'll be able to get back to you after this. And then you're kind of still competing, I guess. No harm in asking. And also because you touched on it, if someone also decides they want to tap out, because some people in our DMs do say like, I'm on the fifth leg and like in very corporate jobs or whatever. And if that's them and they're like, I'm so burnt out by this and it's just made me not even want to work here. How do you politely say, essentially, it's because of the huge interview process that you're sick of it? (laughs) I would say don't pull out just because of the interview process. And to be fair, that wasn't why I pulled out. There were also other things as well. But if it's led them to also become aware of other things and they just want to get out. Yeah. And like 
the fact that the CEO is a control freak and he has to meet every single person, even though it's a huge company and it's slow and they're not getting back to you and they're disorganized and there's all these other things that you're noticing. Yeah, I would just email and say, thanks so much for your time. I've really enjoyed meeting the team. I've decided that I don't think the role's the right fit for me. And I think that you really need someone in this role who's really passionate and excited about it. I wish you all the best in your search. Boom. Okay, great. We've got that out of the way. I just had to cover that. That's like actually what I said, I think. I've stressed about that email for ages, but I just ended up sending it. And now we're giving it away for free. Okay, back to the important stuff. That just was good. I think we needed to cover that. Other reasons that you might be having a second interview. Yeah, it's more chance to meet more people in the business, important people. We've touched on that. It's for you though as well. That's what I meant by that is that it's not just for them to suss you out. It's also for you to meet other people that you'll be working with. They want to make sure that you don't just jump into this role without considering it. They want to give you the choice to go, hey, this isn't right. That's genuinely a part of the reason. Great. And they could be looking for consistency. Like we said before, was the first one great, but it was because you had been preparing to the nth degree. And then when you're, you know, a bit more relaxed or whatever, it's gone out the window or, you know, we just want to see that you're consistently showing you were as good as you were in that first interview. Yeah. They just want to make sure that nothing changes. Like in the first interview, you said, you know, you had all these projects and you're doing this and that and looking after these things. And then in the second one, they ask you a bit more about it. And it turns out that that was actually your colleague and you were just assisting them because they've asked some more detailed questions. They're just making sure that they don't find any things that they weren't expecting, making sure that it's consistent. They're getting the same answers, similar answers. So the key takeaway, for that would be don't lie in the first interview. Yes. Because there might be a second interview. And make sure that, you know, you've got that same story that you're telling about why you've applied for the role. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep. It takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. So yeah, it could be more culture fit to see how you fit in with other members of the team, but it could be more technical. What do you mean by this? Well, it depends on who you're meeting with. So in one of our tips we'll go into in a sec find out what the purpose of this second round is and who you're actually meeting with. Sometimes you might meet first with like an HR person or a recruiter, like for an actual interview, and that won't be very technical. That'll be quite high level, normally a bit chatty. And then the second one might be with the technical specialist who wants to get into, have you worked with this? Okay, cool. What's the results on that campaign that you achieved? And they're asking you a lot more pointed questions. So that could be what the second round is. Or if you've met with the manager first and they asked all the technical stuff and the second round is with like a senior manager, they're not super in the detail. They're not going to ask you super detailed questions in most cases. What they're looking for is your motivation, the business, the culture, you know, your personality, your strengths, your career goals, that kind of thing. So it depends on the person that you're meeting with and how they fit into the team structure as to what they might ask. Now, 
Importantly, how we said before, you know, don't lie in your first interview. In the same breath, it's rare that they're going to be given detailed notes about your first interview. Don't think you need to come up with an entire new set of examples and content. They're not going to have a transcript and so they're not going to be bored by everything you're telling them. It's still fresh to them. Yes, this is exactly the biggest takeaway from this whole episode is that there are probably no notes. Honestly, if I've interviewed you and I'm sending you off to meet with my boss, I might sit in again, maybe, but I'm saying to him, yeah, I really liked Emma. I just think she's really strong in her research for journalism and her long-term passion is probably kind of the radio side and compared to this other candidate whose passion is probably more TV and video. So yeah, those are the two candidates that we're meeting. That's what they're getting is like a very brief kind of overview. Yes, the shell of it. Yes. They might have a couple of interview notes about how the interview went, but it's pretty rare for them to be fully documenting exactly what you talked about. Great. So we've gotten through the why of the dreaded second interviews. Hopefully that gives people some context. Yeah, about what's going on behind the scenes. And now it's time to get into the nitty gritty tips. This is what people are here for. So tip number one, find out who's in it. This is the same advice for our first interviews and any interview in general. Find out who it is so you can do a little stalk. You can remember their name, remember to recognize them if you see them in the elevator, all that good stuff. But Also finding out who it is as in not just his name is John, but his position in the company. Is he more senior? Is he someone that you'd directly be working with, etc.? Yep. And again, that will give you an idea about what they might want to ask about or what they might care about. So if it's someone more senior who isn't super directly related in your day-to-day management, they're probably going to ask more high-level questions and just interview you in general. If it's someone who's really technical, then they're probably going to be asking technical questions. If it's someone from a completely different area, sometimes they bring someone like that in, then it might be just like a culture fit kind of an interview. Knowing who the person is and what their role is can really help you work out what the vibe is going to be. Now, another huge takeaway of this episode, prepare the same way. All of our regular advice stands. We're not reinventing the wheel. There is nothing new about this. Yes. And to skip to the end and answer the whole question, what's different about a second interview? Nothing. Not much. (laughs) Not much. It's like, how's a first date different to a second date? You've met once before. That's the only difference. Yeah. And maybe you're going a little bit deeper or revisiting things. Maybe, but like, What do you really know about someone after meeting with them for half an hour? Like you're still just still getting to know them. You might skip the how many siblings do you have because you already asked that last time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the same thing. It's the same vibes except that you've just met with them once before. It's exactly the same. It's just the exactly the same. That's right. Yeah. Great mindset shift to have. It's nothing crazy. And another hot tip, you can jot down anything that you learnt in the first interview, you know, questions at the end, you know, culture, any little fun things they said, jot them down because you can bring this up in the second interview to prove that you're a star and you remember things and you're curious or mention something that they, here's a power move, something they told you, say they were briefly like, yeah, we've got a project in Perth at the moment. That's a city in Australia. Bring that up at the end. Oh, you know, so-and-so told me in the first interview about a big project in Perth you guys have. I'd love to hear more about that. That captured my attention. Oh, they'll love you. Yes. 
all that sort of stuff. If you can jot down anything you learnt, even just more about the role of, oh, you know, you're collaborating a lot with the marketing team and then you can ask more about the marketing team or what are they like or just reference it when you're talking about your role. Oh, I know in this role I'd be working with the marketing team. Well, I've had a lot of experience with that before. Those kinds of things can take it to the next level. Consistency is key. Like we said before, we don't want to be becoming a completely different person between the interviews. And it's kind of nice if I've interviewed you and then my boss interviews you and we did it separately, he'll come out and I'll be like, how'd it go, right? And he'll be like, oh, wow, like I really loved her experience with XYZ. She's done a lot of cool projects. I'll be like, yeah, did she tell you about the thingy thingy? And he's like, oh, no, right? Like we want to have a similar conversation about what you talked about. So you don't have to repeat all of the same stuff, but being consistent is a good thing. Hearing the same stories and, you know, making sure that you didn't change your reporting line or you've missed something from time to time is what they're really looking for. And on that note of consistency, this is not the time to be revealing anything brand new or changing your story about why you're leaving or your tell me about yourself or it wants to make sense. Yes. And I've seen this a little bit before where I've spoken to someone over the phone and they've said the reason they're leaving is that they haven't got any career progression where they currently are. And you're like, okay, that's a nice answer to talk about. It's pretty generic. A lot of people say that. And then they get into the actual interview and then they're talking about how they don't get along with their boss or something. And you're like, hold on, this is all new information. Like if you did that in like a third interview and suddenly you revealed more information about something that was different to what you'd said before. Makes you look dodgy. Feels like you were hiding it, right? Even if you'd said that at the beginning, it's not a problem, but because you've revealed it at the third round or something like that, it's suddenly like, oh, I heard this story actually. I was chatting to the girls on the My Millennial Career podcast, which you can go and listen to once this episode is out. That episode will be out. And we were talking about a candidate who got to, I think it was a third round for quite a senior role. And it was Emily who was in there. And he revealed in the third round that he'd left his last employer a couple of months ago. And this whole time he'd been talking as if he was still there. But when he first did the interview, he had already left and they only found out about it later on. And it wouldn't have been an issue because he had a story and it all made sense as to why he left. It just felt like a bait and switch. Right. That's our biggest thing. I feel like we always say is just own your shit, be upfront about it. Even in life, outside of jobs, you know, like a shitty partner that lies about something really minute and you're like, I don't even care about the thing, but why are you lying about it? So if it's the exact same people again, which can still happen, it doesn't have to be someone new. They, Like we said, they can just be needing to get to know you more, which is totally fine, or tossing up between more people. You can still use all of your great examples. Maybe find some new ones, but don't stress yourself sick about it. But if you come up with a few new ones, great. And you can go into more detail because you've got more time. Yep. Or focus on a different part of the answer. A lot of what we talk about with your best bits is saying, okay, I want to talk about this event that I did and the communication aspects of it. And you use that answer for a communication example. You might want to talk about that same event, but from a different perspective and talk about the planning that had to go into that, for example. So you don't have to come up with different things. You've still got the same experience. And again, consistency is what they're really looking for. So you can even say things like, I think I mentioned before we ran this big event like blah, blah, blah. Well, that was a good example of where I had to do a lot of planning and so we did X, Y, Z. So you're giving more detail about that same thing. So you don't need totally new stories. You don't need totally new examples. It's okay to repeat yourself. But if it is all new people, you want to use all of the same stuff 
It's the same interview. Don't do any extra work. No, it's just a different person that's sitting in front of you. You can literally recite the same answers if you want. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Easy peasy. They also might be looking to ask about skill gaps, so prepare more on any areas you felt they focused on in the first. They might be trying to work out, are you lacking in anything that's going to make it hard for us? Yeah, exactly. They might have asked you a couple of different questions about a software that you'd worked with or something like that. And so you might think, oh, okay, I better prep some more examples about that software because it seemed like that was really important. Those things can be helpful to have a look at. But again, that's not always the reason you're coming in. So don't get too paranoid. It's also an opportunity to do more research about the company. They might want to ask about your motivations. You might want to ask about their values, all that waffly stuff. You might want to pick some of their values that you want to mention, you know, what I really liked about the company. That stuff I think is more likely to come up in a second round. And ask more questions. There is never a limit on the questions you can ask. Yes, particularly if it's different people, you should come up with different questions. Every single interview that you're in, you should ask questions at the end. Even if it's just one, just please do at least one. Oh, no, thanks. That's everything. Like, oh, I hate it when people say that. I just think we've only talked for 20 minutes. How can you know everything? Yeah, they don't. They don't. It's probably a nervous thing or an underprepared thing. But disclaimer, Everything we just mentioned, although this episode's probably going to be titled Second Interview Things, this is applicable for third, fourth, fifth, (laughs) sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth interviews. I don't want anyone being like, yeah, well, that episode was second interviews, but what about a third one? Everything applies. A job interview is a job interview and the rules don't change. And refer back to what I said earlier about if it is getting to nine interviews, you're allowed to be like, I'm calling it, It's I've had enough, that is fine. I would too. And if it's not a senior role, that's just insane. Like, why are they putting everyone through that? Maybe find out if you're still up against people or whether you're just going through some checks and balances. Great. See you next week. See ya. You won't see me, but you'll hear me. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>